I have to uh, make a little confession as a pastor, and that is on most Sundays, I, uh, I don't offer up any original thoughts. If it were not for friends or for Instagram or for um, Google, um, I probably would not have very much to say. In all honesty, preaching really isn't a solo act. Um, over and over again, I remind you that I don't preach to you and I don't preach for you. We preach with each other. And so this morning, I want to give credit where credit is due in regard to what I'm going to say about friendship. My dear friend, Reverend um, Greg Moore, Reverend Christopher Greg Moore, who is um, the director of New Faith Communities in our, like, in our United Methodist Church. So basically, new churches like our church, he helps to steward and to guide us and to offer up resources. He wrote um, a small little booklet called Good Friends, and it is informed, along with watching how you all have been showing up with each other, um, how I'm going to read this text from scripture. And one of the things that Greg says in his um, small little booklet, uh, Good Friends, is that he starts off by um, making this little joke how there's a meme that is floating around on the internet that says that um, why doesn't anyone ever acknowledge that one of Jesus's miracles is that he had 12 friends in his 30s. Even the fact that you get that it's such a sign that in this world that we live in, we yearn for connection. More so than any other um, time in history in the United States of America, people are moving to more densely populated areas. We live close to lots of people. We are quote unquote connected to more people. I can WhatsApp my friend in Nigeria or in Italy right now and not have to pay a dime in order to do so. And yet more people claim that in this season when we live in the most densely populated um, areas that we are more more lonely and isolated than in any other time in history. That is one of the number one things people will say when they move to a new place is that they feel lonely and isolated. And I can say that as a pastor, probably beyond individuals wanting to share with me um, some of their struggles with anxiety, it's wanting deep connection and friendship typically is like um, the, the next thing that people uh, will confess to me, is that they want to be known that they want, to, they want to have community, that they want to be in communion with other people, that they want to be and they also want to have friends. Friendship is no small thing. Over the last couple of weeks, I have watched in our community how friends have shown up in the middle of medical scares, how friends have shown up for one another in the midst of loss in people's lives, how friends have celebrated individuals' new beginnings, and how individuals have taken the risk to share a little bit more about their own stories, even the parts of their stories that aren't so beautiful, if it's for the sake of connecting and resonating with another human being. I want to say this, if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, friendships aren't just ideal for us as Christians. Friendships reflect what it is to be those who follow Jesus and call ourselves Christians. Friendships have power. Now, this isn't going to be the first time or even the last time that I'm going to talk or that we're going to hear about friendship uh, in our life together as the Southeast Raleigh table, but I do want to start with when Jesus um, calls us friends. I think it's just important for us to savor and to sit with the fact that Jesus calls us his friends friends. So um, in John chapter 15, um, beginning with the 12th verse, I want to read 
what Jesus says to um, his disciples. It says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, Abba Father, Amma Mother, Redeemer, Sustainer, Giver of all good things, by the power of your word and also by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us this day. God, we pray that you would take away any inclination to lean into human words, but that, God, we would lean into your word and that you would speak to us by your still, small voice alone. So would you be in the midst of what I am going to say, that these words would not belong to me, but that, God, you would steward these words through me, that all that we hear and that all that we say would not just simply be consonants and vowels, but that they would land in our hearts and also rule our lives that we might be changed and transformed by the power of your word and Holy Spirit. We ask this in the strong name of your son, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. So I want to give you a little bit of background about this passage of scripture that I read. From roughly John chapter 13 to roughly John chapter 17, Jesus is offering up words to his disciples that are called the farewell discourse. Basically, Jesus knows that he is about um, to, um, to come to his impending death, his crucifixion. And so during these chapters, from chapter 13 to chapter 17 of John's gospel, Jesus is offering his last words and last gestures with his disciples. He eats a meal with his disciples. There's a, a very poignant moment when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. There is a moment when Jesus prays over his disciples. And then Jesus offers up promises to his disciples about what life will look like when he is no longer physically there. That I will not leave you orphaned, that you will always know that I am present among you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That when you find yourself battered and bruised and warm, abide in me like a vine abides to a branch, and you will know what it is to have rest and also to have strength. But this is the part of the passage that I absolutely love for us this morning. Along with these beautiful words that Jesus is offering to his disciples and these beautiful gestures that Jesus is also offering up to his disciples, Jesus gets very clear about their relationship. He names very clearly in the midst of this farewell discourse, I want you to know how it is that we relate to one another. So here in John chapter 15, in the, these last, um, these five verses, Jesus tells the disciples this. 
Love one another as I have loved you. You have seen how I've cared for you, how, how I have raised the dead parts of your life. And then Jesus begins to say something about himself. Greater love has no one than this than you lay down a life for your friend. Because Jesus knows that he's going to lay down his life for these, the disciples, that they might be saved. So Jesus is telling them, right now in this moment, yes, I am the Messiah, yes, I am the King of Kings, yes, I am the Lord of Lords, but by the, by the action of me giving up my life, you're going to know that that's how I was in friendship with you. That I would give everything away for your sake, for you to have life. And then Jesus says, I want you to be a friend like I'm a friend. Friends are individuals who do what I command them. Will you also lay down your stuff, your pride, your envy, your jealousy, so that you can be in relationship with others? And then the pivotable, the pivotable, the pivotable, the pivotal moment is when Jesus says, I want you to know this, I do not call you servants any longer. Instead, I call you friends. And Jesus then goes on to say this about um, why he says that um, their relationship is no longer like a servant and a master. He's like, because if, um, if you are only like a servant to me and I'm like your master, you would not have access to parts of my life. With a master and a servant, there might be relationship, but there's no intimacy or closeness in the relationship. The relationship is fiduciary. It's top down. It's I tell you what to do and then you do what I tell you to do. But you don't get to sit down at the master's table. You don't get to sit with the master and hear about the master's troubles. The servant isn't allowed to cry and to tell the master what is going on with their lives. And Jesus says, no, I no longer call you servants because if you were a servant, you would not have had access to my life. And friend, I want you to know this, that this relationship is not ambiguous. This isn't just about you serving me or pacifying me. You, you are not just a servant. I have called you a friend. I have called you a friend. And Jesus says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you to be my friends in this world. You know, this is how Jesus actually chooses to be in relationship with us. My friend, um, Greg Moore, we're going to put his quote on um, the screen. He says this about uh, friendship, that when God takes flesh in Jesus and calls us friends, God proclaims that it is not through hero worship or political legislation or even through right rituals that God will save us. It's through friendship. It's through friendship that God will save us. It's through friendship that Jesus draws near to us. It's in friendship that Jesus lays down, lays down his life for us that we might know that Jesus loves us even to the point of death so that we might know what it is to have life. But Jesus doesn't just say, no, I have been your friend. Jesus says, no, 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 you have also been my friend. I'm going to lay down my life for you because I see you as my friend. I see you as being worth being in relationship with. I see you as being a blessing in my life. I see you as one that I want to draw near with and I also want to be intimate with. I, I see you as one who I want to have meals with. I see you as one who has access to my life. I see you not only as a servant, not only as one who does something for me, but I see you as a friend who does things with me. This is what the Savior of the world calls us.
a friend. And then Jesus goes on to say this. I give you these commands so that you might also love one another in these ways. That you might also understand friendship with one another in these ways. That what we have done together as these 12 disciples in Jesus, that we would also live out this way in the world. You know, in the earliest Christian communities, they understood Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be holy friendship. That this, this unbreaking triune God was always in this delightful um, uh, friendship relationship with one another. Never broken, but always together, three in one. And so early Christian communities considered their friendships with one another to be a reflection of the divine or the holy friendship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They took it very seriously that their lives together, their life together would literally be a template, a paradigm for the way in which God's very nature exists among us. That in our friendships, because Jesus says, I call you to be a friend, you are my friend. I also want you to be a friend to the world because when you're a friend to the world, you will make my father known. You have seen the way that I have been a friend to you. So now go and be a friend to others. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, why us being a model of friendship in the world matters so much, why it really is a matter of life and death. But for now, I just want to land here is that um, the world yearns for this, this kind of relational capital. People want to be known as a friend. And people want to be friends. Now, people don't know, always know how to do it, but people want to be friends, and they yearn for it. There's a reason why people stream uh, and watch um, episodes of Friends over and over and over and over again. There's a reason why folks swoon over Issa and Molly on Insecure. There's a, there's a reason why we are so enamored by um, raising Dion and the beautiful friendship of Dion and his, um, and his friend. We even love unlikely friendships. You know, the friendships in Monk with uh, the, the guy, you know, who's like the detective. I mean, we even love unlikely friendships. And when we see people on Instagram or on Facebook who are living their best life with their friends, what do we say? Hashtag squad goals. And we know by heart the song's about friendship. You're gonna sing it with me. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Come on. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Boom, boom, boom. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be from me and the card attached would say thank you for being a friend bum, 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 bum. thank you jesus for calling us friend Thank you, Jesus, for wanting to be in relationship with us. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing our lives as worth being near. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing us as a blessing. Thank you, Jesus, for believing that we have something to give. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us a friend.
And next week, we're going to talk about why for us to be friends to others is like a, a means of life and death. How Jesus, who will lay down his life for friends because um, our lives need redeeming, how it is that we might need to draw near to other people, how we might need to see other people as blessings, how we might need to see other people as having something to offer us, so that we might also say to um, folks in this world, I thank God for being my friend, and now I want to be yours too. As our worship team comes back, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes this morning. We're going to ground ourselves for just, for just a moment. When you survey your life, is it hard for you to believe that Jesus would call you a friend? Do you see yourself as not worthy or not good enough? Is it hard for you to actually believe that Jesus would whisper those words to you? I don't simply call you a servant. I call you a friend. How is it that you need Jesus to change the narrative? That you can trust that if you live in the way that Christ commands, that you might understand what it is to be a friend of Jesus. And is there someone in your life who has been a tangible means of grace? Someone who has taken so seriously when Jesus said, I have loved you, now go and love one another. The people in your life who have loved you well, who offer words of blessing over you, who sit with you in your desperate places, who meet you in your needs and also where you want who love you how you are and where you are. Who even when we don't deserve it, they still show up. And when we're impatient, they still love us and care for us. Who has been a tangible means of grace in your life? Maybe in this moment you just might say to God, God, thank you for giving me this person to be my friend. Or maybe you feel alone. Maybe you have come to this place because you desperately want to be known as a friend and also to have friends. I don't say this um, as a dismissive notion, 
but today you can at least rest on the fact that God is your friend, that God will not let you go, that God will not abandon you, that God will call you by name, that God will never let you feel invisible or forgotten. And God and God's infinite wisdom can even provide the people who might be a reflection of who God is to be our friends. Gracious God, we thank you for being a friend, for not just simply traveling down a road, but from traveling from the heavens to come and to be among us, and for offering the greatest and the biggest gift we could ever ask for or imagine, that you would give us your life so that we could have life. So God, we say thank you. Thank you for showing us friendship. Help us to do the same. We ask this in the strong name of your son, Jesus, who is our friend and who calls us friend. Amen. <clears throat>